Hello, friends and family. I have to say that having direction has been the single greatest contributor to my positive mental health. And this project, the Gripped Podcast, is dedicated to exposing to the world mental health education, actionable takeaways, and reducing the stigma that surrounds mental health. And particularly in these solo episodes, I plan on sharing the ideas and initiatives and thought patterns and belief systems that have made a dramatically positive difference on my mental health. And so this episode, and for the next eight to 10 minutes, I'm going to share something that I wrote called the practicality of positive thinking. Courtesy of my favorite Google Chrome plugin, Momentum, every morning I open my laptop, I'm presented with an inspirational picture or quote. This morning as I sat down to write about the mind, our thoughts, and ultimately how they dictate the success or failure of every facet of our life, Momentum gave me this quote. Don't think about what might go wrong Think about what might go right. How true. But it's not good enough to understand this concept on a, a surface level, a superficial level. For you and I to take our health and our wealth, relationships, and impact on the world to the next level, we need to internalize this as part of our belief systems. Fundamentally, positive thinking is extremely practical. And while the mind and brain are extremely complex, my mentor, George Zalecki, broke it down for me so that it's a very simple equation. And I'd like for you to continue to think about it as I do. He said that the mind is made up of two parts, the thinker and the prover. The thinker thinks and the prover proves. What does the prover prove, you ask? It's pretty simple. Whatever the thinker thinks. This is why positive thinking is so fucking practical. Let's explore two examples. A, I can't do it. That's my thought. Now, the proving part of my mind must bring into existence the actual events and scenarios of my life and my past that says you're right. You can't do it. The thinker thinks, and then the prover proves. B, I can do it. That is my thought. The thinker thinks, what must the prover do? The prover must bring into existence all of the events and criteria of my past that says, you are right. You can do it. So the thinker thinks, and the prover proves. It's pretty simple stuff. Here's where it becomes a challenge. Most of our thoughts are unconscious. That means that 95% of my life is run by my subconscious programming. Now, when I was 17, 18, and I wanted to start making a positive difference and change in my life, I had to become ultra conscious of every thought coming out of my thinker. What do you think 
my prover said to me through 18 years of thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. Your voice is too feminine. Your nose isn't symmetrical. You can't be a public speaker. I'll always be a runner up. There's no point in living. You guessed it. The prover said, you're right. And then my life fell in line with the thoughts that I had about myself. If you're wondering, how did I arrive here, regardless of where you are? Incredibly fortunate, healthy, and wealthy? Or destitute and broke with broken relationships, wondering what the hell and how did I go wrong? Both are a result of thinking a certain way and then the prover in your brain saying, whatever you had thought is right and so I'm going to give you more of that. When I started to consciously think about positive thoughts, my life change was dramatic. For example, at 18, my parents forced me into that business as we discussed earlier and this was way out of my comfort zone. Eventually, as my comfort expanded, I was asked to begin selling and speaking, to share the company's story. And let me tell you this. If I had let my unconscious do the thinking for me, my prover would have slapped me in the face with massive failure over and over and over again. Instead, as a lot of my mentors at the time had taught me, I consciously thought and even spoke out loud sometimes as a mantra, I can do this. I deserve this. I'm confident. I have what it takes. I know the information. I will be charming and charismatic and they will love me. Guess what happened? Surprise, surprise my prover began to bring into my life the feelings and behaviors and confidence that I needed that were in agreement with the thinker. As a result, I started to gain momentum. My self-esteem began to skyrocket. I was asked to speak more and more. And eventually, my subconscious thoughts became empowering and self-serving. I'll be forever grateful for those months and years focusing consciously on positive thoughts because now today I wake up as that being my default. Thinking about what could go right changed my life. And if you're thinking about how can I implement something like this? How can I implement the practicality of positive thinking because your life only gets better when you make a conscious choice? Think about what could go right. Try this on. Do this. Choose two empowering thoughts that you will repeat consciously. When something outside of your comfort zone presents itself, remember those thoughts and repeat them to yourself. You could even speak them out loud if you'd like. And like magic, 
you'll gain the strength you need, like I have, to overcome those obstacles. I'll give a brief example and close this off of why you should do this. People often ask me questions about public speaking and how did I develop my confidence and how they could never do that. They were just not born to be public speakers, which makes no sense because nobody that ever got great at guitar was born to be a guitar player. Nobody that was ever great at business was born. I don't think so at all. Instead, they decided to practice, meet their comfort zone at its edge, step outside of it briefly until it expanded and then continue to grow from that. I remember grade seven, which was the first year that we had to do speeches as part of our English class curriculum. It's pretty common in elementary school today. And where most of my friends wrote out on cue cards what the presentation was going to be, for two weeks leading up to the presentation, I memorized the presentation. I was a gymnast at the time competing for Team Ontario. I was like, maybe like nine, 10 years old. And I knew the importance of preparation. And so I just memorized it. it took me maybe a couple of days to, to actually get it, a few days to feel comfortable speaking in front of my parents doing it. And then eventually it was pretty natural. And when I went up to do the grade seven presentation, it blew everyone away and they thought, oh my God, Jonathan is this like savant public speaker. Which was totally not the case. I had no experience doing that at all. But in contrast to the preparation that everyone else did, it made me look great. And the reason I'm telling this story is because now I have one positive experience that I can use next time I need to give a presentation where if I think to myself, hey, wait a minute, I've done this before. Remember that time that you did really great? I was able to then draw on the positive experiences and feelings that came from that experience. I thought to myself, I could do this. I've done it before. And then in that moment when I needed it again, my prover said, here you go. And it gave me this confidence and this self-esteem that I could use. In contrast, most people that showed up on their very first opportunity to speak in public or the first couple they felt embarrassed. They felt unprepared. They were sweating and nervous. And for good reason, the unprepared speaker deserves to feel nervous. And that in of itself isn't that big of a deal. But now, the next time they have an opportunity to speak again, they're not telling themselves, I could be a great speaker if I prepared. They're telling themselves, I'm not a public speaker and I can't do public speaking and I just can't speak in front of groups. And as you believe this and think this, what do you think the prover gives you? The next time you have an opportunity to do a public speaking presentation, it brings back all of the nervousness, all of the shame, all of the embarrassment. And how self-serving do you think that is in that moment? It's not at all. It's the antithesis. It's the worst possible feeling you could have prior to going up and delivering a presentation. And whether it's public speaking, it's playing guitar, it's a sales presentation, it's asking that girl that you think is cute in the cafeteria out on a date, 
You need to consciously think about how you'll do well. Believe in yourself before it happens and have the faith that if you think you'll do well, your prover will serve you up the emotions that are going to be the most useful in that experience. And there's so much practicality in setting yourself up for success rather than setting yourself up for failure. Hey, shoot me a message. Um, you can message me on Instagram DM. You can connect with me on Facebook. You can email me through the podcast. Let me know if this information is valuable at all. Uh, if there's a different format that you'd prefer. If my voice is super annoying and I should get somebody else to read this shit. Either way, I would appreciate the feedback. And so, till next time, stay on the offense. Aggressively pursue a better version of yourself. And remember what Jim Rohn said. And I'm happy to remind myself just as much as I am to remind you. You cannot change the destination of your life overnight. But you can change your direction. <laughs>